Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Dylan Bird here with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. We don't have Jordan here with us again today due to the displacement from all the virus. Um, he doesn't have his mic with him, so we're going to have to figure that out figure that out in the coming weeks however we want to jump right in because this was an incredible episode easily the best one we've had this season there was just so much that went down so many shocking moves i'm just i'm still shook from it ryan wow wow all i have to say is wow normally i come up with some kind of quippy line from the episode like oh the poker alliance or the tony's ladder or the spy shack but no i had nothing quippy i just have to say wow i am in complete shock what an episode in terms of strategy big moves funny moments this was a best episode of the season so far yeah and you know we're gonna do our normal thing where we we go based on the timeline of the episode in terms of our recap but I'm going to make sure that we you know, move it along and really focus the right amount of time on the insane moves that happened and the strategy it went on because this episode was just so perfect in showing strategy. Everyone was you know, saying that they needed to cut back the time on Edge of Extinction in order to show the most strategy possible. And when they went to the immunity challenge at like nine minutes into the episode, I was like, all right, finally, here it is. We're about to see a ton of strategy, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think not only did we see the pace pick up in this episode, I think this picked up the pace of the season because now we're seeing an evolution of strategy. And I'm sure we're, we're going to go into this as we get more into fire token bargaining, but we're seeing tokens being used for more than just, okay, I give this many tokens for an advantage and that's it. Now we're looking to bargain social moves and strategic moves in the game for tokens. So it's evolving week to week. So who even knows what we'll bring next week, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just, I'll get kicked off here. So the, the episode starts off, um, Ben connects with Sarah and Sophie, leaving Adam in the outs. So this was a, this was actually, I thought that the editing in the last two weeks has been a little bit predictable. Like it seems like Rob was going to go out pretty much the entire episode as long as they mm -hmm. lost last week. And that's exactly what happened. This week, I thought that the first scene with Ben and Adam was pretty much setting up for an Adam or Ben boot. And I thought going into the episode that there was absolutely no chance that Yara would win immunity. I know that ended up happening. But, you know, this was a scene that, you know, I don't think was very mean meaningful, but I think it was more of a indirect. It was just to direct us in a different direction. Um, you know, Adam seemed like he was on the outs because it seemed like Ben was, you know, meshing with the girls a little bit more, which is probably a very good move for Ben. But, you know, if they will see it, I assume that there's only one more tribal before merge so i don't who knows if it's even going to matter at this point yeah two quick points on that actually um i agree with your first point that um basically it kind of felt like they were setting up you know yar going to tribal council because they brought this up but then again it makes sense that the underdog tribe wins this challenge i feel like in survivor we usually see the underdogs pull out a win sometimes in situations like this uh, but I kind of disagree with the second point, actually. I feel like this may have not meant anything this episode because we got two big vote outs on Sally and DeCall. But for all we know, this could be setting up next week. For all we know, this upcoming week, Yara's going to go to Tribal Council and Adam's going to be on the outs and either Adam goes or Adam thinks he's going to pull Ben back into the fold and then Sarah or Sophie whip out an advantage. So I think at the moment it didn't mean anything, but I think this is, might actually pay off as soon as next week, possibly. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, obviously, not going to touch much more on Yara this this episode, this podcast, why? aside why? from why? winning immunity because it doesn't really matter right now for this episode, as you as I, as you said. But uh, 
anyway, now they go to Edge of Extinction for the first time in two episodes. And, of course, there's a riddle to find an advantage, which Tyson, who found it, had to gift to another player. And he fought, he very cleverly, Tyson figures out the clue. I thought that was just like, I thought it was a clue that was extremely, extremely tough to figure out. And he seems to just understand it. Now, we obviously don't know how long it took for them to figure that out. Yeah. But, you know, very good for him. Did you, um, I'm curious, did you figure out that it was the Tide? I knew it wasn't what, I, I think the whole Danny thing, and I feel bad for Danny because she's a winner and I know she's a really good social player, but they're pain, they're just painting her to be kind of just there right now. I feel like when she was saying, oh, we have to turn over every rock, I'm like, well, it's obviously not turning over every rock. But when, when, they, when the clue said the right place at the right time, I actually thought it was like, you know, the position of the sun and maybe the sun would cast a shadow on a rock on a certain point. I actually didn't pick up on the tide at all, so that was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I didn't really listen to the wording directly except for the stones, so I really didn't know what it was. I knew that obviously turning over every stone wasn't the wasn't mm-hmm. the catch to it. But I think the big story here was that Parvati, who seemed to have a ton of power already aside from being down in the numbers, but in terms of having four fire tokens, she's the one who gets gifted the idle nullifier, which you know could have been extremely powerful had it been gifted to another tribe tonight. But uh, but sure. uh, but yeah. Um, Tyson gifts it to her. She buys it because it's only worth one. And now she had the idle nullifier and three fire tokens. So you know, as this is going on, before I knew they were going to tribal, I'm like, all right. I'm like, she could use those three fire tokens as some kind of tool in order to help her get you know recover today. Obviously, that didn't happen, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But it was definitely interesting right at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, I think that um. She made the right call here. I'm not sure if she considered using her three remaining tokens to buy an idol, because then she would have an idol and a nullifier. Because if I'm thinking like Parvati, if I didn't get the nullifier from Tyson, then I have four tokens and I'm on the outs. I'm spending three tokens then just so I have some type of tool in my back pocket. If I'm given a tool for only one token and I can still keep three for a later point, I'm going to save those and see if I can use the nullifier. So I don't blame her for not buying a token. I don't think... In one, one episode, you, sh- you should go from four to zero. I feel like that's wasting way too much, you know, stock in your tokens. Um, but yeah, I knew once Tyson found it, he was going to give it to Parvati because he and Rob are tight and Rob and Parv were tight. So I knew it was going to go to her. And I think, you know, had like Wendell had Nidal or Yule had Nidal for t- for Wendell, this could have played out better. So I think that she didn't misplay anything. I think this is just an unfortunate situation for her. So um, one thing I was going to say. Are we 100% sure that an idol is worth three if you're just paying fire tokens? I went back and looked at it. I'm pretty sure an advantage is three tokens. At least on the edge of extinction, if you pay three tokens, like Tyson said, you pay three tokens, you get an idol. That's good when you get back into the game. Okay. I think in the I think in the game, three tokens is worth either an idol or it's worth a challenge advantage. It's worth something for the number three. So either way, I feel like Parvati... Spending one on a nullifier and three on, on an advantage to blow all four may have been a little bit too aggressive, I think. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but look, maybe she did think that in the end she was going to end up pulling Nick over to them, and that's why she didn't mm-hmm. do it. Maybe she did think that was the case going to the tribal, but I'm pretty, I'm honestly pretty su- surprised she didn't consider buying an idol, and maybe she did and they didn't show it, but... You just like you have to think that even though fire tokens are going to end up being so powerful at this point, at some point when you're down in the numbers, you just got to make sure you get through the vote. 
And again, maybe she did think she was more comfortable than she was because of Nick, but I think I would have definitely considered it. And maybe, you know, we don't know. Maybe she did consider it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. All I think is that I'll go with the the prediction that she was maybe going to buy one had she not received that advantage. And then once she got one, maybe she was like, maybe I can sit on the rest for now. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, and then uh slight weird thing that happened is Tyson spending um that one token to buy peanut butter instead of keeping it for a challenge advantage. See, but I like can... wait, but but is it weird? It's tight. I feel like this makes perfect sense for Tyson. If Natalie or anyone else does this, I'm saying, why are you wasting a token? But because it's Tyson, I'm I'm not even questioning it, honestly. Yeah, I they didn't even make it seem like like the edit didn't even make it no. seem like it was a non-normal thing. Like it was just it was a normal thing for Tyson. And I mean, look, it can end up being used as an advantage if he, if it gives him enough energy to win the challenge. So we'll have to see what happens. All I'm going to say is I'm going to feel very bad for Natalie if she's worked so hard to get four tokens. Just to say, Jeff, I have four tokens. I want to buy four advantages in the comeback challenge. Tyson just crushes it no matter what. I, I think that will be so funny, but I'll feel bad. But also, I wouldn't be surprised either because I think somebody on Twitter, I forgot who it was, went back and looked at um, like tribal immunity wins and individual wins. And I think Tyson has one of the best winning ratios of all time. If you look at tribe wins and also individual wins, he's just an amazing natural competitor. So he does, I don't think he even needs it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, we can't judge it until we actually see what happens in the challenge. Yeah. Um, if it's something as big as getting a second live in a challenge that maybe is a hold whatever as long as you could, then that is completely different because the second live is basically, you know, it's, 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 it's extremely huge than having to tie, untie, two knots instead of four or something like that mm -hmm. so it really depends what that advantage would be but i but let's just move on from that uh because again not a huge not a huge moment in this episode even though it's pretty pretty funny and interesting mm -hmm. um we had the immunity challenge um as i said before i did not expect yara to be the winner uh as you said the underdog ended up coming through and i i don't think there was anything major to point out in this challenge other than the fact that sophie has been absolutely killing it in challenges she's been extremely impressive impressive she's one of the main reasons why you know the tribes that she's been on so far dakar at the beginning and now this tribe now why they have been successful in challenges um just she's she's just incredible i mean going back dating back to the season that she won until now just very underrated challenge player for sure listen i've always been a big sophie clark fan i know jordan is not the biggest Sophie fan. We'll actually bring up another take from Jordan later in this podcast, but I've always been a big Sophie fan. She's underrated. Um, I, I like Coach. Coach is a great player, but I think Sophie's very underrated. And she did win three individual immunities in her first season. She not only won a physical challenge, she won a, um, a question-based challenge, and then she won a puzzle. So Sophie's a very versatile challenge competitor. And we've seen, like you said, Dylan, the season. She's crushed the puzzles. She did a whole thing with the whole dexterity moving maze thing. So, yeah, Sophie's going to crush it. I think as of right now, she's slated to make the merge at this point. And unless you're looking at Sophie as a big threat, Sophie can make a huge run at this. Yeah, I completely agree. But I want to get right to the strategy please, here. And, you know, please. what we'll talk what we'll talk about the rest of this podcast. Um, obviously, it goes to Sele first. And the immediate name that's thrown out is Parvati. And we knew this. We knew this was going to happen for sure. But I'm pretty surprised that Wendell was just so like we're throwing three on Parvati and that's it. It wasn't really a lot of thought into it. I understand that Parvati is a huge threat, but if you're Wendell, you have to be thinking like she could have an idol. I know he did say that, 
But um, I something that I thought could have happened going into this episode was I would not have been surprised to see them all throw votes on Michelle instead of Parvati, maybe bracing for the fact that Parvati is more likely to have the advantage, and at least if they're going to stay up in the numbers, they got to make sure they get someone out. So that was something I was just... I mean, look, again, maybe they thought maybe they thought this through. We don't know, but I was surprised not to see that conversation had. It seemed like Parvati was that main target the whole time. Yeah, I feel like we need to uh, listen to interviews after the season and see what the thought process is from either Yule, Nick, or Wendell. Um, and I think you're right, actually. I think in a, in a regular season of new players or even of random all-stars, I think you're right. We have a big threat and a lesser threat. You might throw the votes on the lesser threat because they're like less likely to have an idol and they will not see it coming as much. But I think the one caveat is that this is all winners. And when you have a shot at Parvati, one of the greatest to ever play, it's so tempting to not take it. It's just so tempting to not take it. So, I mean... I think in a regular season, Michelle would have been like, let's throw votes on Michelle. Like, she'll never see it coming over Parvati. But I think at this time, Parvati, like Rob, just was down in the numbers from the swap. Not just in terms of the color, but in terms of the actual people themselves. Um, I think she just had a bad position to start with. And, I mean, maybe the vote was, like, less close than we thought. And she was doomed anyway. But it it was just tough. I mean, she really had to work every angle she could. Yeah, and I want to give you credit because, you know, on our last podcast that we recorded on Monday, you said that you thought Wendell would be in trouble because if Parvati and Michelle were going to pull somebody over and try to, you know, get the numbers, it would be Nick as the person that would that would be trying pulled over. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. I, for most of the episode, thought that Nick was going to end up voting with them. Um, and I'm sure he was heavily considering it. But Wendell just seems very and i i know that you know they the etiquette paint the picture a certain way but i know it it, wendell's has seemed very off character these last few episodes and i know that they're just trying to you know hype up the beef maybe between michelle and wendell but wendell was just seemed so unwilling to work with anybody um the fact that he threw out the the fire token idea to Parvati at camp was just such a crazy move because it gave Parvati that nugget that she needed in order to go run to Nick and be like, Wendell's really playing the game. Like you want to come over and vote with us. So I really, I, I, I was not, I think Wendell was probably panicking a little bit out of character for part of that episode, even though he always appears to be calm. Yeah, no, I think the, at the end, it's weird. I think in the first four episodes of the season before they swapped or the first five episodes, I mean, we really didn't see that much from Wendell. We just saw a few confessionals here and there, but he seemed the same, you know, lovable, uh, shelter building, same Wendell as Ghost Island, but maybe a bit, you know, faster with the alliances, with the Outsiders Alliance. And then as soon as they have the storyline of Michelle and Wendell together, I think they just went for the jugular of Michelle is the one who was burned by the relationship. Wendell was the one that caused it. And I feel I feel bad because I, I actually like Wendell as a player a lot, and I think the edit's been really negative. I don't know if this means he's going to go out next, if he's the merge boot. Maybe maybe Wendell's our final three goat. Maybe Michelle's next to him and he gets crushed. I don't know what's going to happen, but all I'm going to say is I think that the edit's looking really bad for him, so I, I need to see how he turns it around. Um, and yeah, like you said, I think it was a bold play for him to go for the fire token bargaining, like we said earlier. I think that... It's way too risky of a move, especially on a tribe of five. I know he's close with Wendell and Nick, but when you have that few people, Parvati, all she has to do is just run back to Nick and Wendell, Nick and uh, Yule, and say Wendell's 
being very flaky with his votes, he could just vote you out tonight for tokens. I feel like a, a lot of players would get scared and vote with Parvati because they got scared. Unfortunately for her, Yul Kwan is such a godfather strategist that he's not going to budge. But I think she made the right play here. I think Parvati, this, we're seeing why Parvati's an amazing player because she played this so perfectly, even if it didn't work. Yeah, I want to go right to Tribal now for Sally, and then we'll go oh, back to the car. Sure. But uh, basically, I, I, and I was shocked that it came up again at Tribal, the bargaining. and But I think Parvati, she she's almost like Rob in a sense. And I don't mean that they have the same the same attitude about them, but she's the type of person that can make anybody do what, what, they, what she wants. Yeah. And that's why she's so good. And I thought that, look, if she, I don't know, maybe she thought she had Nick, her and Michelle, Maybe she didn't, but maybe she thought maybe she thought that they were screwed. But the right play was really, really playing up Wendell as that villain at the tribal council to the point where she where she asked him like, "Oh, do you want to you want to negotiate right now?" And I think that Nick was probably sitting there like, "Oh my god, like I don't know what's going on." And I got to give Nick so much credit in this episode because he the fact that he stuck to his gut and was able to just get emotions out of it and just stick with. Um, with the three, he had the three guys. Incredible move for him because who knows what would have happened to him had he flipped. And look, obviously, we may look later in the season and say maybe it would have been better for Nick to flip with them. But at least right now, that was a, that's a very strong trio they have. They do have the numbers going into the merge. It probably would not have been the right move for Nick to switch. But I just thought that it was incredible the way Parvati really just manipulated Wendell, it seemed like, at Tribal and just kind of made him look like the one of the wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that that's a big point that we're going to bring up in both of these tribals tonight, that we're going to talk about two great moves or people making great moves. But, you know, a move can really only be truly defined once you see the rest of these season season play out. Because if you make a move, like here, here's a perfect example. Last season when Kelly takes out Jack and she masterfully manipulates the whole tribe to take out Jack, we were all saying Kelly's making a great play. She's amazing. And because of how great she is, she was the next one voted out at the merge. So I feel like you can look at a move in the moment. And yes, right now, the move we'll see in DeCall's tribal later. And this tribe right now, it's Sele with Nick sticking to his guns, like you said. I think they're great moves in the moment. And I do think in the end, it was the right play. It was the good play for Nick to stay loyal. But for all we know, a few episodes from now, we could see it flip on him. And we could say maybe it wasn't so great after all. So I feel like a move can be defined in the moment but then really determine how good it is once you see how it plays out moving forward oh yeah for certain and you know poverty gets taken out no. you know very 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 upsetting for all the viewers out there who were definitely who was definitely rooting for we're definitely rooting for her to stay and she gifts her three fire tokens to michelle who seems to gain more power and be in a better position each episode despite her being at the 3-1 deficit i do think that her tribe does have the strength to probably get through what i believe is one more challenge before the merge obviously that could change they could do two more challenges before the merge we don't really know what they're going to do but we're speculating that based on the fact that there was no preview of the merge next week that they're going to do one more vote out and then once they get to 11 they'll have the challenge to get back in one person will get back in and they'll probably have emerged around 12. So that's what we're speculating right now. I know we spoke about that, but Michelle having, was she, does Michelle have four fire tokens now? It's four now, yes. So she's in a similar situation to what, to what Parvati was, down in the numbers, but has the fire tokens. So maybe she's the one next week who decides she has to use her fire tokens on an advantage. 
You know, I agree with the speculation. I think right now we're looking at probably one more challenge, one more vote out, and then merge at 12 after someone comes back. But then again, they can merge at 10. They could not merge for a bit. I mean, this is winners at war. Anything can happen. But I think that's the most likely scenario. Last two quick things before we move on to Dekal. Um, I mean, you're right. I think Parvati, she did such a good job painting Wendell in a certain light. Again, I think if this is not winners at war and these are not seasoned players, I think someone like Nick or Yule, who's in that spot, make the flip because they get scared. But I don't think it's going to work in winners at war. But no one should say Parvati played this wrong. Parvati played this so well. We saw why she's a great player. She just got swap screwed. Um, and you're right. Michelle seems to get more power every week. I think we're seeing why Michelle is actually an underrated player and a winner because she has such a strong social game. And she will get these tokens just because of how good she is socially. And I think, yeah, you're right. I think Sally's a strong tribe. I actually don't think they'll go to tribal next week. I think they'll make it through. And as long as Michelle makes them merge, she's, she's going to find her footing and she'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I would not even put it past, you know, Nick and Michelle to maybe switch things, maybe switch things up and work, work things out next week. You never know. I mean, obviously it wouldn't see, it seems like it wouldn't make sense for Nick to go with them and then flip, but like, you never know what could happen. Anything could happen in these episodes. No, no, that's, that's true. I mean, I think that, um, listen, if they, if they do go to travel next week, I think Michelle's screwed, but I just think in terms of the edit of the season, Michelle's kind of getting, you know, her redemption, her underdog edit right now. And I don't see them just going to tribal because they are a strong tribe physically. I don't see them going to tribal and just voting her out. It seems too easy. I think we're looking at Yara or Dakal going to tribal, probably Yara. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And just to go to Dakal now. Yeah. Um, Switch wow. things over to what was what will be remembered for a very long time as probably one of the best tribal councils, best vote outs, best moves in Survivor history, at least right now. We'll see what happens in the future episodes. But wow, 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 that's all I could say. And we'll just we'll just start to recap first what happened at camp before going to tribal, just to you know build up and talk about that the huge move that did happen. Um, they get back. And Tony goes running off, of course. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, he, uh, I literally said, I'm, I'm watching. I was watching with my mom, my brother. And I said, I said, oh boy. I said, he, they're about to get back and he's about to go running through the forest. Like it's day 16. He's, he's taking off like as soon as they get there. Oh God. This is the Tony that I know and love. I know he's been holding it together for us. He's been trying so hard not to go crazy. And after 16 days, he's like, I gotta go. I, I gotta go. And it's funny, someone on Twitter was like, day one, Tony says, you know, I can't play too hard. I can't have game changers happen again. I have to play low key. And then 15 days later, he's like, no, I got to go. And he just jumps into Spy Shack 2.0. Um, so that was crazy. And what makes it so incredible is that these players are so good is that they all had a feeling that Tony was in a Spy Shack. And, and they knew they where were, it was. Sandra, Sandra even mentions like, yeah, well, he did it by the well in his season. So like, let's not talk by the well. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't talk by the well, and he he didn't act, end up getting to hear anything. And you know everyone knows his deal by now, but you know obviously didn't work for Tony, and he kind of jumped out at a weird time also when Kim was like walking right by. So he did re he did recover, and look, he could have been in trouble tonight, but he's lucky that Denise chose to spare him. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, listen, I am sad we lost Parvati. I'm sad that we lost Sandra, um, but I'm happy Tony stayed. I think he could have been in trouble tonight had um, 
Kim and Denise thought thought a different way. Um, but yeah, like you said, the strategy here under call was crazy because we see, you know, Jeremy and Denise are on the bottom and they both, you know, want to stick together, but they're like, listen, if the three of you are going to stay to call strong, we have to just vote for each other because we're not going to make it through. And, you know, I mean, it's never that simple. Then we start to see the bargaining happening. And then we also start to see, you know, possibly to call flipping on each other. And I thought it was a really, really weird moment just when the three of, and there was major foreshadowing here, even though I don't think any of us saw the move that was coming, coming where Denise and Sandra and Kim were talking and there was that small back and forth between uh, Sandra and Denise where, where Denise was like, ha, I'm going to vote you out tonight. Like a joke. And Sandra was like, oh, you're such, like, a nice lady. Like, I want to let you know you're a nice lady. So, like, Sandra was actually looking at Denise. Like, every single one of us were at home. And Sandra was probably, like, when she negotiated and said, I'll give you two tokens, or you give me two tokens, and, I, and I'll give you the idol for tonight. I don't think that there's any way that Sandra, Sandra was probably, like, Denise is, like, the nicest woman. There's no way she would ever, like, switch on me. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I, I, I didn't think of it myself, but I know that you mentioned it and my brother mentioned it and they and people were just like people on social media were like, Well, like really risky move for Sandra. But she just Sandra has that confidence where she always thinks she knows what she's doing and most of the time she does. But this was just such a monumental move that Denise pulled off so perfectly, just so perfectly. Yeah, there's there's so much to unpack here. Like you said, there was foreshadowing when Denise said, I'm going to vote you out. And Sandra, we just laughed it off. And then we saw a confessional from each of them where Sandra's like, look, you know, I like Tony and Kim, but I don't think I can work with them long term. I think I can work with Denise. And you know what? If I work with her and she takes out one of the guys for me, it's no blood on my hand and I'm good. I can make it through and also get some tokens to boot. And then we see a confessional from Denise where she's like, I know, and this is why Denise is so great, and this is why I love Winners at War. It's hard because we're losing so many, you know, fan favorites, which is hard on us as fans, but we're also seeing some winners, and we're seeing them evolve their game, and we're really seeing why they are winners. And even though Denise and Michelle and Sophie, they're all underrated, we're seeing them really come to light here. And Denise is so good socially, just, I mean, granted, she's a therapist, but she's so good socially, and she also is so smart, picks up on the fact right away that I know Sandra wants to get blood, no blood in her hands. I know she's looking to use me to get one of her guys. And I'm not comfortable with that because Sandra is a big threat. And then we see, and I think this actually fell in Denise's lap and Denise capitalized on it immediately. We see Sandra say, look, I'll give you the two tokens. Sorry, you give me your two tokens and I'll give you the idol. And just like with Parvati and Wendell, you can't make that deal before tribal because they could just stab you in the back. So then Denise smartly goes to her and says, okay, I'll give you one now. You give me the idol, and as long as it's real and I test it tonight, I will give you idol number two at camp. So Denise completely nullifies, no pun intended. Token token number two, token number two. Oh, sorry, token number two. (laughs) No, you're right, you're right. Um, Tokens and idols, so much much going on here. (laughs) So much going on. Um, Denise completely, no pun intended, nullifies Sandra and... um, just completely lowers her guard and says, look, well, I'll work with you. Here are my tokens. Uh, I need the, um, you know, here's the idol for, for me. And at this moment, again, we didn't see this coming at all because it was not very apparent. So it was great editing. But Denise just played this so masterfully because at this point she has her pick of the litter of who to take out. 
And now she's the one that's taking out Sandra and, and saving her allies. So what is so, so first of all, this is a classic overplay by Sandra. She didn't, even think, she, yeah. she, didn't, she didn't think she didn't think about the safety of herself and just basically put all of her trust in somebody else and to the, to the point where she wanted to do this in order to make sure that she had no blood on her hands. She didn't want to seem like she was the one making the move. Sometimes more simple is is the way to go. Like if she just played the idol, she lives another day. Like it's as simple as that. But look, she tried to make the big move and make it seem like she had no blood on her hands and Denise completely capitalizes. Now, I just want to shout out the edit here because first of all, I, I want to just break down the way that, you know, the votes went and tribal went. The vote, the votes are about to be read, and you see the pause by Jeremy before he gets up. I was like, oh boy, he's about to just dip out of here and just not make his vote. And if he doesn't make his vote, I mean, and he leaves, you know, Denise's, Denise's, and obviously at the time, like everyone else would have thought, well, Denise is going home. Jeremy would have thought, well, Denise is going home. But he decides to make his vote. He has confidence that he won't be the one going home. Then you have, then you have Denise. As soon as Denise played that idol, I'm like, oh, like. She's taking out Tony. It's as simple as that. Even when she played it for Jeremy, I'm like, she's taking out Tony. It's as simple as that. And I think I got directed that way because I don't know if you remember, but Sandra was like telling Denise, like, oh, you get your pick of which guy goes home. So I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to be Kim. It's probably not going to be Sandra. It's going to be one of the guys that goes home. Then she decides to play the second idol for Jeremy and to make sure that, you know, she keeps her, her ally right there. And I'm like, oh, Tony. And they kept panning back to Tony's face. And he was like so shocked. Tony thought it was him. They keep panning back, panning back. And then Sandra. And I'm like, I, that was the first time I jumped out of my seat over vote in so long. The edit, like, you're right. The edit was so good. And I don't think any of us saw the scenario happening because you're right. Keeping it simple is the way to go. I mean, I thought of two scenarios going into this week if to call it went to tribal. Scenario A, um, this is the last night Sandra can play her idol. Denise and Jeremy try to make a big flip. They pull in Kim and they say, look, we're taking out Sandra tonight. And Sandra's like, you know what? Even if Sandra doesn't see it coming, she goes, it's the last night I can use it. Might as well use it. And even if she's like, oh my God, they all flipped on me. She's at least safe. I thought that was going to happen where Sandra plays her idol on the last night and she's good. Scenario two, and then I guess if Sandra plays her idol on herself, either Denise or Jeremy get voted out. Scenario two, which is what I didn't want to happen, is Advantage Geddon where... Jeremy leaves, Denise plays an idol, Sandra plays an idol, Kim plays an idol, and Tony goes by default. So I thought one of those two was going to happen tonight. So you're right. The edit was so well done. I didn't see this coming at all. And I think it's because I just didn't think Sandra would do this. I, I think that Sandra did overplay here. Again, this, Sandra's an amazing player. This is not a knock against Sandra as a player and against her legacy. She'll always be a iconic player. But I do think this is like a JT level of... Uh, trying to overplay or not thinking everything through because there's no reason to give Denise an idol. Um, like at the very least, try to change the terms of the negotiation, at least say, look, I'm not going to give you my idol or don't even tell her you have an idol, but like, I'm not going to give an idol. You give me one token. I will vote with you tonight. As long as you see that I voted with you, I get the second token. So I feel like she should have started wheeling that back more instead of jumping to, I'll give you the idol. Cause then Denise is like, I can just vote you out. I mean, this is kind of like was a mix of Parvati playing two idols in her season, but also a mix of Sarah voting out Sierra and taking her advantage. It was like a mix of the two of them combined. And it's just like, this is just what's going to happen when you have a new twist like this with the fire tokens where people don't yeah. really know how to play it. Like 
Sandra clearly was overvaluing the tokens compared to her own life in the game. And another thing I want to mention is that I did see a lot of social media being like, okay, great move, but Denise wasted an idol on Jeremy. My answer to that is no, she didn't. Even though the votes appear like that, and technically she didn't have to do it, you don't know what Sandra was going to do. Sandra, if she was if she was smart in this scenario, she would have thrown a vote on either Jeremy or Kim or Tony, one of the one of the three, to make to make sure that to make sure that if she if she it to, basically she'd be making sure she'd be hedging her bet. She'd be making sure. Well, if if Denise does turn on me and vote me, at least somebody else has a vote. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, you're right. Go, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you're completely right because this is exactly what happened. If you saw Ben season, Heroes, Heroes, Hustlers, that do you remember Devin? Yes. That this is exactly what Devin did at the final five. He basically said, "I know Ben's gonna play an idol. I'm gonna throw a random vote on Doctor Mike, and it turns out that they all vote for Devin, including Ben. And then because Mike Devin votes for Mike, it's one to one, and then Mike goes home on the revotes. If, if Devin doesn't do that, he's out. So I think you're right. You have to hedge your bets." And if it's a, such a small tribe of like five and you're all – and let's just say you all are going to vote for one person, you have to hit your bet and throw your vote on someone else because then it could be you. Right. And this way, um, you know, if that one vote were to be on Jeremy, then it wouldn't just be a revote where Jeremy goes home because they don't have the numbers. So she basically made sure that if Sandra were to put the vote on Jeremy to hedge her bet, then at least that yeah. would – Sandra would still go home, Jeremy would say. Now, obviously, Sandra could have thrown the vote on Tony. Um, she could have thrown the vote on Kim just to make sure. But, she, again, she was so hell-bent on not wanting to have blood on her hands that she just basically threw away her vote to make sure that didn't happen. Now, one other thing I want to mention, and this will go largely, I, I don't want to say unnoticed, but largely unmentioned, is the fact that Kim, in what seemed like two idols were already on the board, Kim sat sat back, stayed calm, and didn't play the idol, which I think was, and look, Kim was in a great position, but I think that was, it was definitely hard to do for her. Probably, like, just like a very logical Kim-type thing to just sit sit back and say, I'll be okay, no need to overreact. And I thought that there was a chance she was just going to play it and be like, I don't know what's going on, I'm just going to play the idol. But look, she's got out of this tribal not only safe, but she does have an idol still. And this is why Kim Spradlin is so great. And I, and I think this is, I'm so glad that we're seeing Kim get more airtime and she's playing more because she was at such a deficit with the Poker Alliance and she was on the bottom for a while. And again, we haven't seen in her first season, we don't see Kim on the bottom. Kim is on the top the entire time. And now I feel like it's kind of like a reverse story. She's now on the bottom. She's now in the middle. And I feel like she'll eventually get her way back up to the top. Um, and you're right, it would have been very, really easy and trigger-happy to say, I see two idols played, I'm going to play my idol. But I think Kim re realizes in that moment, okay, let's not panic. If Jeremy and Denise are now both safe, the only people that can go home tonight are me, Tony, and Sandra. I, and then if you saw last episode when they swapped, yeah, last episode, Kim and Denise had a conversation in the woods, and they said, I, I want to work with you. And I think they want to work together. So I think Kim is confident, okay, it's not going to be me. I have a feeling uh, Denise and Jeremy have their sights on either Sandra or Tony as bigger threats than I am right now. And I think she's like, you know what, I'm going to play it safe and hold back. And I think her her read was correct. She read the cards and she said, no pun intended, she read the cards. And um, she was like, I have a close connection with Denise, so I'm just going to sit on this idol. So good for her. Yeah, good for her. And what a great 
and we'll mention the one person that we haven't really spoke about a lot right now, Tony. Um, not it was a perfect tribal for him. Uh, mainly like not because of his doing, just because he didn't go home. But at the same time, but uh, Sandra's idol and Denise's idol don't get used against him, which is huge because now the only idol left on that tribe is Kim. And I know Jeremy does have the the uh, advantage where he could just leave tribal. Um, what is it? It's called immunity without power. Is that what it's called? I think it's called safety without power. Safety without power, right? So those two advantages are still left, but. I don't think I think Jeremy's probably going to try and save that to the merge unless nest unless completely necessary. So if they were to go back to tribal, he's definitely I know it right now it's two two numbers and you never know if Kim could flip over maybe and work with Denise and Jeremy to get Tony I out. Yeah. yeah, I mean it looked like that was a possibility in the preview, but Tony has a lot less advantages that could be potentially working against him, and there's no chance of having the advantage again as people would call it. Yeah. So that's for sure. That's good for him. Um, yeah, no, I think honestly, and this goes back to what I said earlier, and you touched upon this a lot. Um, we're analyzing moves in the moment. We're saying this move from Denise was like a top 10, amazing, big, flashy, great move. And then we're also saying, you know, Nick made the right move as well. And we're saying that in the moment, as of this episode, they are the correct moves to make. We'll have to see in the next few episodes if it worked out as intended. And if so, they really were great moves. If not, maybe they lose a little bit of like shine. Um, but no, in the moment, I think this is, again, just to wrap it up, a great move by Denise. Um, and I think you're right. Tony also benefits from this because even though he loses an ally in Sandra, we see the confessional where she says, look, I like Tony, but he's going to flip on me at some point and I have to strike first or I can't let that happen. There's a very high chance they get to the merge and Sandra's going around saying Tony's the merge boot. So I think that Tony, even though he loses an ally in the short term, I think that he may have dodged a bullet down the line. And now without Sandra, Tony is a little bit less threatening and he doesn't have an idol. So this could have been good for Tony too, honestly. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, you know, great for him, especially with Sandra talking that she did want to get him out sooner rather than later. Now, one other thing I'm going to mention here is that perhaps request, I did want to give him credit for in one of the, and I believe uh, not last week's podcast, but the week before, he did say, I feel like the next three, he said, I feel like the next vote is either going to be Rob, Poverty, or Sandra. It ended up being Rob, so he got that right. And then he asked the people he pretty much named his possibilities for the next vote out ended up going out bang, bang, next two. So good for him for calling that. Got to give him credit. Yes. Uh, we had it really quickly, we had a off podcast talk, and we did agree to give Hef. Uh, credit because when he and I podcasted the night Tyson left, he said, I feel like if there's a swap, he said, Rob will go out. And then probably par- par- Parvati and Sandra in some order, they're going to go out, maybe even in that order. So he was correct. Hef gets credit. But where Hef is wrong, and he if he's on next week, I will have to address him directly about this. He said to me a whole thing about when he and I podcasted, basically that I said something along the lines of, you know, Rob, I said Rob was going to be swap screwed and Hef basically said, no, he's not going to be swap screwed. Um, Basically, if you have the numbers, you're fine. And I said, no, if he doesn't have the numbers, he's not going to be okay. And even if he merges, even if he swaps with Adam and with Ben, even though you have Sophie and Sarah on the, on the bottom, Adam and Ben aren't your numbers. They may come from the same color tribe as you in blue, 
but they're not your numbers. They're just going to flip over with Sophie and Sarah. So I want to say that he was swap screwed. Um, Hef doesn't think he was swap screwed. He thinks that, you know, they misplayed it. The only people that, the only person that misplayed it was Sandra. Rob and Parvati were swap screwed. Yeah, I got, I do have to agree with you there. Um, I pretty much read Rob going out as soon as the, as soon as the tribes were swapped last week. And Parvati, of course, was down in the numbers also. So I do have to agree with you there. Uh, now, one other thing that I do want to mention, I know I keep saying one other thing, but there's just so much yeah. to talk about. There's, 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 too many, there's too many things. Yeah, there's, there's too much. Somebody did mention on Twitter, which was a really good catch, that the last four vote outs were all from the villains tribe in Heroes vs. Villain, Tyson, Rob, uh, Parvati, and Sandra. And they went out in the exact order that they finished in that season. Quite interesting. That That's, again, Survivor Gods have a way of working themselves out. Um and yeah, it's again, it's sad because I think people were saying, oh, you know, we're losing Amber and Ethan and Danny. You know, we're not losing enough big names. Well, now we just lost four big names and it hurts a lot. So I guess you get, you get what you wish for. I did just to recap, though, I did find the exact quote from Jordan in our text thread. He basically said that I had said, and I quote, the merge and the swap will help people who are on the bottom like Robin Parvati, which is true if you have the numbers. If you don't have the numbers, then the merge and swap does not help you. So it's a situational claim. Jordan <laughs> was right because he called the order and he and he was correct that it did not help them, but that's only because the numbers didn't work out that way. It's a situational claim. And I'm glad that Dylan agrees with me. So there we go. And I hopefully next week Hef will be back that we could talk about this. But uh yeah, um should be an interesting debate. Um yeah, and I believe after tonight we've lost, if I'm calculating right. Aside from Yule, we, we've lost all the old school players. Is that correct? We have lost every player. I'm going to look at my, my handy-dandy uh, fact sheet. We have lost every player that is pre-Heroes versus Villains. So like the early days of the game, we have lost every player except for Yule. So I'm hoping that Yule, especially with last week's segment on uh, Jonathan and Stacey, I'm really hoping Yule makes an end run and gets the money. But old school big players are a dying breed nowadays, Dylan. Yeah, and I mean, I think it definitely makes a difference, the fact that all these new school players watched them growing up, and all these old school guys have played so many times that they're just viewed at as gods, even for the new, even not, not only for the fans, even for the new school players, that they're just viewed as the biggest threats, no matter what was going to happen. Like, you know, I, I know, you know a guy like Tony is grouped in with them, Jeremy's sometimes grouped in with them as huge threats just because they were so dominant in their seasons, but... A lot of these new school guys, people from seasons 32 and on, Michelle, uh, Adam, Ben, those guys, you know, Wendell, those guys are looking at the old schoolers as literal, like, survivor gods. Like, we got to get them out. They're the biggest threats. And I think that's just the way that new school defeated old school. It's just the perception. I do have to say one quick last thing. I know this is going on a bit, but... I, are you shocked? And and maybe this is this is a testament to why Jeremy is sometimes in that group of all time greats of like Parvati, Rob, Sandra, like those. Are you shocked that Jeremy still does not have a single vote yet? And even though his name was thrown around this episode, I actually think he was in no danger. I think it was either going to be Tony, Sandra, or Denise the whole time. Like Jeremy is so good, not just physically, but like socially and strategically, that he doesn't have a single vote yet. I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to lose him. Um, but he's so good in every way in this game. He's, he's kind of like Sarah, where he really is just good at all aspects of the game. Um, and I'm just floored. He hasn't even really been a 
a Nick target yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's Jeremy's game, right? Like he's that big threat that's sitting in front of your face, but for for some reason nobody views him as a big threat in real time. So that's Jeremy's game. <laughs> and and it's crazy to me because not only not only Dylan is he's such a great player that people these winners should know he's a great player because of how he plays with meat shields and he's very strategic and very social. Let's think back to his story. He won in second chance because of his amazing game. He's a great physical, social, strategic player. And then on top of all that, he's a firefighter with a wife and two kids and a baby on the way. Now he's all that, but with a wife and four kids. So I don't know how they're not looking at Jeremy. Again, he was my first draft pick in my, in my friend's draft. I'm hoping that he takes the win for me. But yeah, I, I just think Jeremy's amazing, honestly. How? Uh, what about Tony? Does he have any votes against him? He doesn't, right? Tony? I actually can look this up after the podcast, but I'm pretty sure Tony does not have a vote against him. Because in Amber's tribal, no. In Tyson's tribal, no. And then not right now. Yeah, I think Tony also has no votes against him currently. Maybe look, one maybe one rogue vote, but not many. Gotta give him credit for that. I know that. Because he was right. He lowered his threat level. He, he was lowering the shield, and then he's going to strike. So. All I have to say is that um, the better the the as soon as Tony gets to the merge, that's just gonna be so huge for his game because right now, like, there's nowhere to hide. You have four people left on your tribe. If you lose again, like, he's in major trouble. Like, they're like like if you're if you're in a tribe of four people and Tony's on your tribe, there's an easy target probably. No matter unless like I I know and I'm not I'm not devaluing Jeremy and Kim. It's just Tony's just so no, no. much loud, so oh, yeah. much la- so much louder and prominent. I don't even want prominence the wrong word, but just louder and just more in your face. Like, you know, he's there. He's just, he's, he's the guy if you're in a tribe of four and you lose. So, you know, hopefully for him, he doesn't go to tribal next week. And if he doesn't, you know, who knows what could happen once the merge, which the merge hits. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I think the word you're looking for is character. Like they're all amazing players. Tony, Kim, and Jeremy, they're all incredible players, but who's the best TV character. There's no greater survivor character than Tony. Tony's just so, amazing from a tv perspective so they're all playing great games just you don't get more good tv than tony Vlacos. and if you're jeremy and you do win immunity next week who's a better person to play with in terms of jeremy's strategy than tony yeah and and look i know know we shouldn't read too much into the edit or too much into the preview but we, we had a clip of you know tony running down the beach and jeremy's like he's he's too risky he's too risky I think it's a misdirect. I don't think we lose Tony next week. I'm hoping Yara goes to tribal council and we lose either Ben or Adam, but that's my wishful thinking. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, but uh, I think that pretty much does it for tonight's podcast. Uh, right. I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on Twitter, you know, love would love to interact with fans and talk more about this. Cause it was just such a fascinating episode and just honestly one that we'll look back on so many years in the future, um, no matter what happens. Cause even if Denise, you know, let's say this move doesn't work out for Denise and she does get unlucky and go out in a few tribals. This is the night where fire tokens came to life. And I think that that will be the way this episode is remembered. Plus that outstanding move by Denise. Yeah, I think, like you said, in the end, this is such a historic season because we're never going to get all winners again. We're never going to get a cast like this again. Most of these players probably will never play this game ever again. So I think we have to just take these moments and enjoy them while they last. And like you said, whether Denise wins the game, whether she gets screwed over next week by this play, 
you can't take this away from her. She made a Parvati-style double idol play while also taking out Sandra in a Sarah-style play, and she dethroned the queen. So no matter what, Denise will go down in the books for this, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at Soul Survivor Pod. Um, we'll get this up right away on all platforms. And looking forward to next week. Looking forward to it. See you guys later. See ya.